What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. Another episode of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? First episode, first day of 2021. New year, new you, right? Is that how it goes? I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, we were playing Fall Fortnite and Fall Guys into the Wii wee hours of the morning today so if you guys caught the live stream great if not then happy new year let's uh let's hope 2021 starts off with a great great friday if you would want to go back and watch those live streams dominic and i both might have been a little inebriated i went back and uh, looked at the damage i did I, i had about eight eight or nine drinks last night so your boy was feeling good we played some fortnite played some fall guys dominic still even though we try to get it in before 2021 dominic was unable to get his first crown so stay tuned youtube.com slash curveballs chair shots or just type curveballs and chair shots in the search bar on youtube we should pop up also follow us on twitter and instagram curveballs and cs on the instagram we got a little link tree you can click on and get all our little socials and everything like that maybe dominic i should send you over the link tree just so you can put that in the bio on the twitter machine I would appreciate that, you know, maybe get a little more views on our streams and whatnot. Maybe, but 2020 had one more hellacious week for us before it fucked off. Finally, we had unfortunately a lot of passings these past uh, few days uh, in the sports world. We had feel Phil Negro, Negro, Negro. I don't want to get in trouble. The legendary knuckleballer Hall of Fame pitcher passed away. Uh, I mean, we've had so many Hall of Fame players pass away this year, Dominic. Of course, 2020 had to take one more away from us. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know much about him until I saw that he passed and looked it up. And I didn't realize he was, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was some outrageous, ridiculous number about how many people he struck out with that knuckleball or something crazy like that. So, I mean, definitely someone that, I wish I would have known more about before his passing and then, you know, had to learn about him after the fact, but definitely I, I would assume one of a really great pitcher of his, of his time. Probably the greatest knuckleballer of all time. And the knuckleball is kind of a dying breed. So when we have a knuckleballer come around like R.A. Dickey, and I think there may be some other, you know, some other younger ones coming up, you know, usually the older generation will always kind of connect with the newer generation because there's only so many that actually threw that pitch and was successful with that pitch. So R.I.P. to the Hall of Famer. And then in the wrestling world, we did have a lot of passings happen. A little off the cuff. MF Doom, legendary rapper, one of the best rappers of all time, noted wrestling fan. He would drop a little nuggets and some wrestling bars here and there. I know Dominic, not the biggest fan of MF Doom, but kind of surprising. I think he passed away around Halloween. So that one has been kept under wraps for a long time. It just kind of shook the world yesterday. So RIP to Doom, all caps. Then moving on, we got Danny Hodge passed away at the age of 88. Arguably, maybe not arguably, the greatest amateur wrestler in pro wrestling history back in the 50s and 60s 
he was a great amateurist. So I know Kurt Angle, people of today's ilk might say Kurt Angle, but if you know your history, kids, you know Danny Hodge, a legendary wrestler, wrestler, wrestler in the wrestling business, Dominic. I mean, one thing I was going to ask was Prime Hodge, Prime Angle, who would you take? I mean, I don't know. That That's a tough one because back in the 50s and 60s, maybe it's a little different, different time, different technique compared to what was going on in the 90s. From what I've heard, Danny Hodge was one bad motherfucker. And if MMA was around back in the day, I think Danny Hodge honestly would probably be the greatest MMA person from the pro wrestling genre. I know Brock Lesnar might have a, a thing or two to say about that, but in his weight class, I think if Danny Hodge was a, a fighter, an MMA fighter, I think he could have could have been a big, big deal. Well, I didn't know much. Once again, it's one of those people where, you know, not saying you have to be real uh, history buff here, but another per- another. I guess professional wrestler that I didn't know much about that when I read into blown, blown my mind. I didn't really think uh, back in the fifties and sixties pro wrestling was affiliated with amateur wrestling. So it was, it was actually kind of cool to see and hear and listen that these dudes were, you know, doing something that you and me did, Brandon. Remember when we used to wrestle? I still have my one bronze medal hanging with all my other medals, my 2021 A's access card that unfortunately never did get put to use. Hear anything from them about what's going on this year, Dominic? Uh, not yet. And I mean, do we really want to renew? I mean, I'm broke. I mean, we've already put in so much money to it. To get it. And we were paying for three people. You can I, actually don't we? I I don't think I got refunded. So I think I, I remember now it was. Do you want to refund or do you want to just go on to the next season? I think we chose on to the next season, but I don't know if. The studio, I think the studio audience was officially laid off from the A's, so she would have to reapply. So it means technically back to the threesome. Back to the threesome. So Danny Hodge kind of got overshadowed with his death because the wrestling world was rocked Saturday when AEW shockingly announced the passing of Brody Lee, the exalted one, at the age of 41. His wife came out on an Instagram post and shared that he had a non-COVID related lung issue what exactly that is we don't know we may never find out they were able to keep this under wraps for such a long period of time he had his final match in AEW against uh cody rhodes and that dog collar match a great match maybe one of the best matches of the year and he he walked or he left i guess he had some issues he was unable to do his workouts to the, his fullest potential that he normally was. And that's kind of how he figured out something was wrong. I, I know I questioned where he's been because on the Instagram, I'd always post the it's Friday. You know what that means? Asking for the question. So, uh, you know, every week he's always in my mind when I, when I post that photo and I always wonder, where is he, where is he? And then unfortunately we had this news. We have the AW Brody Lee tribute show coming up that we're going to preview in the wrestling portion, but kind of Dominic, you're just first initial thoughts when you, when you heard the news and all the outpouring of support from everybody around the wrestling world i mean i believe we were playing fortnite it was yourself myself studio audience and family from the other podcast trapped order hell tyler gunderson and i believe was it you or him that sent out the little message in the group chat saying what the fuck or something like that and i don't remember exactly i just remember uh, dominic, just- dominic i don't want to ruin your uh, your little emotional story here but he died Saturday. I was at my dad's on Saturday. 
Bro, I can look up play. the text message right okay, Dominic. now. Okay, I know for a fact he died Saturday, and I was watching football all day, and we didn't play Fortnite on Saturday. Go, go. Check it right now, Dominic. No, I I, I am. I'm fucking scrolling, scrolling. Through, um, helps I was in the right group chat. I was in the God bless Jack in the Box, but that's not the one we want. Why do we God bless Jack in the Box? I don't talk about it. Okay, that's the bottom heavy one. Still scrolling, rolling, rolling through the river. Still going, still going. I mean, maybe, okay, well, maybe it was that. I mean, I, I haven't found it yet, but maybe it was that. But I'm just saying um, it was something along that nature that, let's see, Dominic right now. Cuba, First off, he, the, the, the announcement happened during the Raider game, which we were all watching. I'm looking. And then looking. you guys never even played with Tyler on Saturdays. Tyler said he would play, and then you guys just never showed up. Also, to pour mm. a little salt to the wound. Sorry, Mr. X. I don't know if you're a big Cincinnati fan, but uh, Georgia at the buzzer, getting that field goal in the Peach Bowl. Sorry. What By the way, so yeah, you're probably right, but whatever. It was the same thing. Yeah, who cares? Matter. I was right, but let's just move it, on. It doesn't matter. It, the fact is that it was posted, and that we were both like, "What the fuck?" So it's who cares it's, about uh, the details? Ah, fuck you. Let's just move on. You won't be an asshole about it. Jeez. Well, you were just so dead set on that's what happened, and I mean, it was only a week ago, Dominic. Come on. But it's I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. Uh, actually, I had a turkey sandwich for breakfast. So fuck. Actually, two cups of coffee, and then like maybe like an hour ago, I had a turkey sandwich, and then a turkey burger. So fuck you. Dominic is all over the turkey today. Is it Thanksgiving? I thought it was New Year's. You're completely wrong. It is December 32nd. Taking that joke for me. Anyways, we'll talk about more about Brody Lee when we get into the wrestling portion. But we actually have some big, big baseball news to talk about. The San Diego Padres are not fucking around. They got two front-end legit starters Cy Young one Cy Young winner one Cy Young contender pitcher they traded for Blake Snell you Darvish and then they signed the Korean League utility superstar maybe possibly I'm gonna get this name right Ha Song Kim boom nailed it uh, well let's start off with the big big news Blake Snell getting traded this was the one that we were playing Fortnite and I just randomly said hmm Blake or Tyler found out that Blake Snell got traded and then, you know, curveballs and chair shots first on the story by reposting the, whatchamacallit. Oh God. Pat, Pat, no, not Paddock. Anyways, what's his face? He posted the thing and Blake Snell getting traded. Dominic, I don't know which way you want to take this. Do you want to just go overall what this means for the Padres just loading up overall, getting these three big names heading into next season? I mean, you. my only thing is health. And I feel like a lot of the times these teams sign. I'm, I'm not saying they got signed to big deals. I'm just saying, are they're going to sign big deals eventually? But, you know, people start to think, oh, my God, they got such a, a, a rotation. Oh, they got a, such a lineup, this lineup, that. That usually something happens along the way, and it really screws them over in the long run. So, I mean, Snell is one hell of a pitcher. I mean. Everybody was talking about when he got pulled out of that, was it game six or whatever, that, oh, why the fuck? He's gone. He's leaving. So, I mean, I'm sure he's happy and ecstatic, but I just, I'm curious what the how the Padres will do now adding such 
a great arm like like Snell. I, I I'm feeling that the rotation is going to be just lock solid. I mean, you got Clev who's down for the year with the Tommy John. Denelson Lamette, we don't exactly know what's going on with him. He left in the playoffs. It's kind of been a mystery what exactly his ailment is, if he'll be able to play. So kind of replacing Lamette and Clev for Snell and Darvish. I think that's a, a pretty good overall, you know, two additions to the team. And, you know, Kim, we don't exactly know what he can be in the major leagues, but he was kind of one of the bigger international players up for signing this year. And the Rays doing what the Rays do. We, we don't exactly know how much of that game six incident really played into it. I would assume Blake Snow was not very happy because not only in that game six, but I think against the Astros as well, he got yanked a tad bit early. It ended up working out that time. Didn't work out the second time in the World Series, but they did get Luis Patino, and then they got some other prospects. The Padres have maybe the best uh, farm system in the league. So, you know, getting top 10, top 15 prospects from the best farm system in the league. It's a good haul in return, a little bit of a, a dump off, but Blake Snow wasn't due a shit ton of money. Like, yeah, he was going to make over, I think, 10, $15 million a year, but for a Cy Young pitcher, it's honestly not that much. And I think there might be some behind the scenes issues with Blake Snell and the race, Dominic. I mean, it's guaranteed that there's some behind the scenes issues, but I'm, like I said, I'm just curious to see if he stays healthy. Cause I feel like a lot of the times everybody gets these hopes up for these pitchers that come in. They're like, Oh, we're going to fucking do amazing. And usually something happens. So just keep your eyes, keep, keep your eyes on Snell. I bet you money, something happens. So with the Padres really loading up, I think with the shortened season, it kind of, I think if it was a regular 162, I think the, the Dodgers would have ultimately, you know, grown a bigger lead over the Padres. But now that they really loaded up with the pitching, which I, I guess you would say was kind of, not their weakness, but maybe the place that they could go to add more depth because I mean, their, their, their lineup is pretty damn good. Maybe if they can sign up, I mean, if they sign like JT real Muto or DJ LeMahieu and like really make a big splash, then I don't know what's going on there, but Maybe just in regards to the Dodgers, how close would you say the Padres are to overtaking them, really competing with them? Like, what do you see them in the and and the NL West? I definitely think the Dodgers will take the first spot, but Dodgers close second. You think the Dodgers will take the first spot, but the Dodgers? I'm are sorry, a close second. I was trying to fucking. I'm sorry, I was trying to speak fast because somebody was going to blow their nose. I meant. Dodgers would be the first. Padres would be a close second. Okay. I think I'll agree with that. I think still the Dodgers are the cream of the crop in the National League. I think the Padres really bolstering up that that uh that rotation will be a good job. I mean, Blake Snow, fantastic. You Darvish could have possibly won the Cy Young this past year. Now Trevor Bauer did his thing at the end of the season, and he kind of overtook him. But it's going to be a lot of fun to see the Padres and the Dodgers play. It kind of sucks over here on the West coast. I got to choose between watching the A's or watching the Padres or the Dodgers, but there's a lot of fun stuff to watch here on the West coast baseball circuit. Then moving over to the East coast circuit, we uh, a smaller little transaction happened before all the uh, San Diego Padres stuff. Josh Bell switch hitting first baseman has been traded to the Washington nationals. Not the biggest trade, not the biggest name movement in the in the world, but the the Nationals definitely had a slump after winning the World Series. 
Juan Soto was just absolutely on fire when he finally came back from his COVID, uh, whatever, positive test. Do you think Josh Bell getting added to this lineup can, can help them? And I know they might have some bigger issues on that team, but it, it's a it's a decent move for Washington. And, you know, Pirates obviously in a rebuild, dumping off an older player, a little bit of money. I definitely think it's a great adi- uh, a great addition. Like you said, veteran veteran player. It's been around for a while. Um, I'm not too sure if this will help the Nationals in a way of getting back to playoffs, back to the World Series. But I definitely definitely think it'll help them. I still think they need a couple more key pieces. Yeah, I mean Josh Bell. He, he's a good bat. Defense is. Is fine. I mean, it's first base. It's not going to hurt you too, too much. But I mean, with Juan Soto being Juan Soto, I think if he stays healthy, no COVID, no nothing for 162, I think he definitely can have a, you know, MVP caliber season. They lost Rendon. They lost, you know, some other pieces from the World Series team. But if you got Juan Soto, possibly one of the best players in the world, I think you you got a, a good little foundation there. And Josh Bell, he's not going to carry you to the promised land by any means, but he he's kind of one of those smaller pieces that could possibly make it a, a bigger, bigger move. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Let's get into the NFL week 17, the final regular season of. Dominic's picks. Bump, bump, damn, Dominic, I see you. You must be very energetic because he had a good week last week. Week 16, the penultimate week, Dominic went 12 and 4. Unfortunately, I did not have the best of weeks. I went 8 and 8. So now I only hold a one game lead over Dominic. I am 153, 88 and 1, while Dominic is 152, 89 and 1. Week 17, we still have a lot of playoff implications, a lot of seeding, a lot of teams on the outside looking in. I'm going to try to run down the different scenarios when we get to the games, but let's first get into a no-nothing game, a game that absolutely means nothing to anything. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. Dalvin Cook, unfortunately, will not be playing because his father passed away. You know, thoughts and prayers out to his family, loved ones, everyone out there. But this game don't mean shit. It's kind of hard to really gauge what's going to go down in this game. Matt Stafford dealing with with an ankle injury. I think he's done. He's not going to play. So this can be a pretty ugly game. See, and, that, and this is where I'm getting kind of torn. Do I feel like without – I mean, not, not to say that Cook is this basically the only person scoring for the Vikings, but, I mean, let's be honest, he's the one doing the most damage. So I'm kind of torn on do I think Detroit can possibly rack up a few extra points knowing that – you know, they don't have a beast like Cook. So I'm kind of torn. I might need to give myself a few minutes. I need you to pick your – I'm going to let you pick first. You're going to let me pick first. Thank you very much for that, Dominic. I will go with the Minnesota Vikings. I know the Detroit Lions just absolutely did not show up last week against the Buccaneers. Matt Stafford not playing definitely is going to hurt them. And as you said, I think with uh, Dalvin Cook out, it will hurt them, but I think they have enough – weapons on offense with Jefferson and Thielen to kind of overtake and Matt, uh, I'm not exactly sure if Alexander Madison will be playing. Cause I know he's been dealing uh, with some injuries as well, but the, I'm going to go with the Vikings to win the game. As I said, probably an ugly game, but I just feel like the Viking, I mean, they just got absolutely just 
fucked over on Christmas Day with that defense. Now, the Detroit Lions are not the New Orleans Saints, but I think after what just happened last week, they're going to want to come out and just show, you know, we're not that trash. I mean, part I'm one game behind. Do I play do do I copy your pick right now because I'm kind of uneasy or do I just go with my gut? I'm still torn. You know, I'm going to just because of this game, it's a no nothing game. I'll I'm going to copy your pick. I'm going to go with Minnesota. Damn. Okay. Then we got the NFC South. All of these matchups are division matchups that I very much enjoy in week 17 as we head into the playoffs. The Atlanta Falcons travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Buccaneers have clinched a playoff spot. I don't exactly know seeding wise if they are locked into that five seed. I believe. They are so not exactly playing for too, too much, but division rival. Yeah. I mean, the Falcons blew that lead a couple weeks ago, so they're going to want to come out and kind of prove themselves, but maybe Tampa Bay wants to come out and prove that they can play an entire four quarters and just beat the shit out of the Falcons. I I think this time around is going to be a full four quarter Tom Brady, Krakowski Brown, Fucking Evans. It's going to be just a full team effort this time around. Who's Krakowski? I say Krakowski. I meant Gronkowski. My fault. Jesus. Um, I didn't know Mike Wazowski played for the Buccaneers. Bro, you you stumble on words all the time. I don't correct you. So watch your mouth before I watch it for you. I will go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. I think we could see uh, the starters or at least Tom Brady get pulled. He got pulled after uh, they just went super big up on the lines. I think we can see this once again. I'm trying to say, I'm trying not to say, I think a lot, but because apparently somebody on the other podcast doesn't like that because when we say, I think, and I feel apparently that means we're not confident in what we're saying. Even though it's our opinion and you should respect that. Right, Brandon. And respect my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Moving on the New York football jets, absolutely white hot on a two game winning streak. Travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. It seems like the Cam Newton experience in Foxborough was over. I haven't heard anything yet on the starting quarterback situation. Maybe it's Cam Newton. Maybe it's Jared Stidham. Either way, is there any way the Patriots can stop the train that is the Jets? The Jets. Part of me, part of me really wants to say no, and the Jets are going to end the season on a high note. But then the other part of me is like, but it's the Jets, and I feel like. Every time we've been counting on the Jets, they let us down. The time we don't count on them, they win. So I don't know. I'm just, it's going to be my fucking pick. I'm going with the Jets. I was almost, if you win with the, the Patriots, I was going to go with the Jets. But since you went with the Jets, I'll go with the safer pick and I will go with the Patriots. I think it's kind of more on the lines of what I said with the Vikings. The Patriots has just been trashed these last few weeks. I don't know what has gone on with Cam Newton. I know he was he was never like the the best thrower in the world, but dear God, it, it ain't looking pretty. But it is the Jets. They they beat the Browns, who didn't have a single wide receiver on their team. But I mean, I guess if you're a football team, that's what you're supposed to do. But I will go with the Patriots here. Then we get the Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills. And let me see what the Dolphins are playing for. So for the Dolphins to clinch a playoff spot, all they have to do is win. They win and they are in, or they get some help with some different losses, just one of Baltimore, Cleveland, or Indy losing. 
but Dolphins are win and in. Tough matchup against the Bills. I think the Bills are kind of locked in that two, two, three seeds. So maybe they can play for some seeding. Maybe they take their foot off the gas a little bit. Dominic, what do you see in this? I definitely Dolphins changed my opinion this season. I thought beginning of the season, I'm like, oh, it's going to be the same old Dolphins. And then they just surprisingly just started taking off. Bills, on the other hand, have been just steady the past couple seasons. Definitely going to be a great game, but I will give the edge to the Bills. No, or no, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he tested positive for COVID. Your opinion, I know we kind of talked a little bit about it in the group chat with the Raider game, but what's your opinion on the whole Tua comes in if he's struggling and they put in Fitzy in the end when if you have confidence in him to finish the game, why don't you just have him start the game? I mean, it's a different situation in each game, each scenario. You maybe, you know, look at um, uh, MLB. You have a starter. You have your, you know, bullpen guys and you have your closer. Maybe Fitzpatrick can't go the distance anymore of a four-quarter game. So you have Tua come in, play first couple quarters. Maybe third quarter he drops off a little bit. It's like, all right, let's bring in a fresher quarterback and get the job done. I have no issue with it. I think, you know. Everybody has a role. If your role is to sit for three quarters and come in fresh and throw the ball a couple times, get a TD, make plays, that's your role. Be happy. You're in the NFL. You're making millions of dollars. Don't complain. The old saying goes, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. It's seemingly like the Dolphins are on the right track. They're doing good stuff here. Buffalo at home, the Bills Mafia will not be in full effect for the playoffs, but they will have around 6,000 people in attendance for the playoff game. So good for them. Hopefully they stay safe and don't get the Rona. But I will go with the Dolphins. I, I don't feel good about it. I, I feel as though the Dol- I know the Dolphins are going to come out and they're going to be determined to win it for Fitzy. And Tua's going to be like, you know what? I can do this on my own, and he is going to get the win. Not I think, not I feel. I know. Love the confidence. Love to see it. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on, we get the AFC North matchup that we thought was going to be for the title, but it is not because the Cleveland Browns cannot beat the Jets. Anyways, I don't think it mattered because the Steelers beat the Colts last week, a good comeback. They finally played a good half of football. This Cleveland Browns still playing for their playoff lives once again let's see what is going on with the browns they're not in the nfc dominic they're in the afc the browns win and they are in can they win against the steelers now because you're mr know-it-all are the browns at full full health they're missing some people still i mean i need to know before i make this decision because i'm leaning towards pittsburgh right now Last time I, well, actually, they are dealing with some COVID issues. Their training facility was shut down. I don't exactly know if I can kind of look it up real quick, if I can see if there's any additional things. So this was 21 hours ago. Well, this was five hours ago on the NFL website. It says Browns have no new positive COVID 19 results and they will practice today. So that's good. It seemingly as though there's no big names. Oh, Denzel Ward on reserve COVID 19 list. That's not a good sign. So, uh, I guess if you're going to put one, I guess Denzel Ward is is the big one. 
standing out. So on that defense, especially against all those wide receivers they got in Pittsburgh. We'll go with Pittsburgh then. Just, just stop. I'll just go with Pittsburgh. And I'll go with Pittsburgh as well. I mean, it is at home. I think Cleveland really wants to come out and shine, but also Pittsburgh, they've been very bad these past few weeks. And maybe they got it together in that second half against the Colts. And I'm going to go with them. Once again, not feeling too confident, but I just am, especially with all the COVID situation going on with the Browns, I, I feel as though having, I know that the Steelers are going to, whatever, who gives a shit. I feel as though the Steelers were going to come out, they're going to play their game, and maybe they something clicked in that locker room, in that uh, halftime speech, something or other. Anyways, moving on to the trash NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys take on the New York football giants in the Meadowlands and the all, well, the Eagles are the only team in the East eliminated. And so when it comes down to this game, the winner is still up for grabs, the NFC East, and they have to wait for the Sunday night football game. And if Washington loses the winner of this game is your NFC East champion. Now we'll talk about the Washington game at the end, but first Dominic, who is going to get the win here to move on to have their hopes either crushed or fulfilled on Sunday night football. I'm going to give the edge to the Cowboys as much as I hate the Cowboys. The giants just, just not going to get anything going. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on this one as well. The Cowboys they are starting to kind of get things clicking on offense defense, still not exactly the best, but they're able to kind of keep uh hurts in check enough last week. I mean, they just, went on a, a tear. They, I forgot what it was like 27. I don't know if it's 27 and answered, but they really went on a nice run last week. So the, the Cowboys definitely are not, I wouldn't say hitting their stride. Like they're not a fantastic football team by any means. I still think Washington, if they play their best style of football, Washington is the best team in that division, but the Cowboys have enough weapons on offense that they can run it up on anybody. And I think with the giants and the way they're playing offensively, there's no way the Giants keep up with Dallas. So I agree with you. Dallas will win, and then they're going to have to wait and see if they squeak into the playoffs on Sunday night. Then we get the Baltimore Ravens taking on Mr. X's Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, Dominic, you have not cursed them. You've been riding the Cincy bandwagon, and they've been winning all of their games. So now, once again, Ravens are win and in. Will they get the win against Cincy? Yes, because Lamar Jackson is just going to beat that ass. Sorry, Mr. X. Yeah, I mean, the the Ravens are definitely clicking right now. They're finally looking like the team from last year and the team we kind of expected them to be. Still don't know if that means that they can really make a deep run in the playoffs, but, I mean, the running game is really just doing what it's supposed to be doing. Passing-wise, I mean, Marquise Brown is – started to actually kind of show like the person I drafted him in fantasy league. We're not going to talk about that. Your loser bracket fantasy football champion right here, ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome. Anyways. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Baltimore as well. Then moving on to the Jacksonville Haguars who have clinched the number one spot in the NFL draft, take on the Indianapolis Colts. And so here is where the Colts are the one team in the AFC that really needs some help. They need to win and they need either a Tennessee loss, Baltimore loss, Cleveland loss, or Miami loss. So any one of those, if one of those four teams that we talked about earlier loses, which we both have the Browns losing, I have the Dolphins winning, but Dominic has the Dolphins losing. So possibly the Colts could get in, but they also could get in to the, uh, they could win the division 
if the Tennessee Titans lose their game. So the, the Colts have a whole bunch of different scenarios that can go on with them. They just got to take care of business here against the Jaguars. Dom, do you think they do it? 100% guaranteed. Phil Rivers is just, just going to do what Phil, Philip Rivers does, and that's just win ball games. Oh, the Colts over the Jaguars. Kind of opposite of what I of what I said from the Steelers game, obviously, because the Colts came out, played really good in the first half, and then for some reason they just did not do that much in the second half. I don't know why they kind of got away from running the football, really trying to chew that clock there up so big. Jonathan Taylor has really come into his own, and he's been really good these last few weeks. I think Indianapolis will get the job done and get the win here. Now, Dominic, going over to Jacksonville, just a random random thought, because we're not going to talk about the Jaguars, I think, ever again for the next few months. Going to wrestling, Jaguars, owned by the Con family, the Cons, own AEW. If Trevor Lawrence ends up panning out and he is with the Jaguars and the Jaguars become like this really good football team again, how big of a deal would that be for AEW and like their exposure and like crossover appeal? Do you think like if the Jaguars are a good football team that that can help AEW in the long term? I I, I don't know how the Con family wants to uh... – how how much they really want to cross their their brands you know what i mean they for the most part i understand you promote within your stadium but i don't know how how much you know do they really want kenny omega young bucks come in at halftime to do something you know what i mean like I, it, it just depends on what they want to do but i i i, I don't think so. i i wouldn't i mean we've seen it i know it's the jaguars so they're not very good at the moment but we're seeing the, the mascot, the cheerleaders, they come out for the AEW stuff. It's seeming like every Jaguars game, the AEW wrestlers are over at the games. I think if, you know, Trevor Lawrence is like the superstar we all think he, he could be and maybe will be, if he shows up on AEW, not saying he's going to get into an angle or wrestle or anything like that, but maybe if the Jaguars are AFC, you know, in an AFC championship game and are Super Bowl contenders in the next five years, I think that definitely could help maybe just the outlook on AEW and little crossover appeal. We see them doing some things. I mean, Snoop Dogg doing commentary next week. They have something with Shaq. Who knows because of Brandy's pregnancy, what exactly is going on with that. But I think with the Jaguars, if the Jaguars are better, that obviously I think helps AEW. How much of that? We don't know, but we shall see. Staying in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans take on the Houston Texans. Texans, once again, lose, losing to the Cincinnati Bengals. J.J. Watt kind of coming out and doing a press conference and saying, you know, you know, we got to get our shit together, basically. And maybe some of the guys don't have their shit together. Tennessee, once again, they win and they're in. If they win, they get the division. They clinch that. If they lose, they need some help. They need either Baltimore, Indi- or, yeah, Baltimore Indianapolis, or Miami to lose for them to clinch a playoff spot. But they just got to take care of business. Against the Texans, Dominic, do you think they can take care of business and beat those poor Texans? I think so. Tannehill, Henry, really uh, keeping that team afloat. Texans, everybody thought we're going to just catch fire, and they haven't. So I'm going to keep my uh, faith in Tennessee this season. Tennessee, my AFC champions. So I guess I got to ride with them. I rode with them last week against the Green Bay Packers. That one didn't turn out so well, but I think it will help them in the in the long term because they're able to get their footing in the snow, I guess, even though, well, I mean, if they play in Kansas City, I guess that would be a, a snow game possibly. So that would possibly help them later on down the line. But I will go with Tennessee to get the win here. Then 
going across the country to the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals take on the Los Angeles Rams now that we get into the NFC. This is where it gets a little bit more complicated because the Cardinals win. Well, both these teams are win and in, but the Rams who were in a prime spot to get the division I'll, you know, drop their last two games. Now they are fighting for a wild card spot. So both these teams are win and in the Cardinals. If they don't win this game, they are not in the playoffs. So this is a must win for them. And both these teams are dealing with some injuries. We got Jared Goff with a broken thumb, broken hand. He's not going to play Cooper cup on COVID list. And then Kyler Murray, he ain't looking so hot at the moment. So both these teams limping into the playoffs. See, even though everyone's limping, I still give I, as much as I don't like them. I'm going to go with Arizona. I feel like a little more healthy, you know, less key players are out on the Cardinals than Rams. So go with Arizona. Dominic going with Arizona. I just typed in Kyler Murray's name and Kyler Murray is saying he'll play in the must win game for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, there's a. I mean, it's more than just Jared Goff and Cooper Cup. They also have Daryl Henderson put on IR. Cam Akers possibly isn't going to be playing, so Malcolm Brown is like the only guy, the only running back they really have over there. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. I kind of agree with Dominic that they're a little bit more healthy. Both these teams aren't exactly playing to their full capabilities, but the Cardinals really good beginning of the season. Definitely have fallen off in the back half, but. I feel as though, I mean, they're not, they're not at home, however much that is worth here in the COVID era, but I'm going to go with the Cardinals to get the win. And I think the Rams, if they lose, they need a Bears loss for that to happen. Speaking of the Bears, they take on the Green Bay Packers. They win and they're in. I believe so. If that is the, uh, yes, they clinch with the win or a Cardinals loss. So obviously with all these NFC off with these NFC games, it can be very complicated, but Chicago just needs to take care of business at home against Green Bay. Green Bay still fighting for a playoff spot or fighting for the number one seed. If they win, they clinch number one spot. So they still have something to play for in this game. I think think that the Green Bay Packers will run a wild over them Bears. So go the Packers to take that number one spot. Now, last week... I got off the Trubisky train for some godly reason. I went with the Jaguars. I'm going to I'm gonna get back on that Trubisky train. Hopefully, they still have room for me. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears to beat the Green Bay Packers at home, upset, and possibly kicking them out of that number one seed. And the teams, there's actually two teams, the New Orleans Saints and the Seahawks, still have a chance to clinch that number one seed. And those Saints take on the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Dominic, they win. They need a Green Bay loss to get into the number one seed. But the Saints still something to play for. Maybe they're scoreboard watching if they see Green Bay is up by you know three touchdowns. Maybe they rest their starters. You know, we don't exactly know what can happen in the middle of these games. But what do you think is going to happen in this game? You know, the Panthers have been just a pain in the ass for me fantasy wise this year with CMC going down and just no one really doing anything great for the Panthers. Um, Drew Brees is doing Drew Brees things. Um, I don't know. Is Michael Thomas playing? I don't. Is he hurt or wasn't he like suspended or something like that? 
He's hurt, Dominic. He's hurt. Someone, so someone he's in not... the background? Who do you think? The dog? No. The studio audience? Yep. Damn. I mean, she had a, you know, she had a, a late night last night as well. Yeah, she stay, stay, you know, staying up and cheering you on to get your first crown, which unfortunately did not happen. Yeah. Um, I'll still go with the Saints, though, to get, to get her done. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints as well. I, I mean, as I said, we don't know if there's going to be some resting going on late in this game. But I think no matter what, even if Taysom Hill comes in and takes up snaps, maybe we see a Jameis Winston signing. God, that would be amazing. But I'm going to go with the Saints to get the win as well. Then we get a no-nothing game. We get two no-nothing games in the NFC or the AFC West. First one with the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, not the Royals. The I think the the whatever presumptive opinion is that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be resting. It, it's always kind of two sides of the coin. Do you rest them? And you also have the bye week after that. Do you want to you know? maybe get your players kind of cold going into the playoffs. Do you want to keep them, you know, loose and get the game plan just exactly right? What do you think is going to, do you think this could be a trap game, even though they're not exactly trying to win this game? No, um, I, if they were smart, they'll, they'll maybe do like what they do in preseason where just play a quarter, you know, play a couple snaps, stay, stay warm and do it that way. I mean, I'm pretty sure Kansas city is going to win no matter what, but it's one of those things where, you're right. If if they win, I mean, even if they don't play, that's two weeks of rest. It's not a good sign. I would probably play a quarter. That, that's about it. But I'm going to go with Kansas City. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I feel as though they're going to be full strength. They're going to want to come out and get this win. It, it's kind of meaningless, I guess, because if you are playing against the practice squad of the Chiefs, I mean, how much can you really take away from that? Don't know if Anthony Lynn is like on the super duper hot seat that if he gets this win, he keeps the job. And if he loses, he loses the job. I don't know, but I will go with the chargers to win against the B team of the Kansas city chiefs. Then staying on the West, the Seattle Seagulls travel to Arizona to take on the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers getting a big upset win over the Cardinals last week. As I said, Seahawks still, they clinch the division, but they still have a chance to get the number one seed. They need New Orleans and Green Bay to lose. I feel, I think if New Orleans loses and they win, they move to the second spot. Possibly, I don't exactly know how that works. But Seattle still have something to play for, even though they've clinched the division. 49ers, not playing for anything really, but they came out last week and played tough against another division rival. Definitely going to go with the Seattle Seagulls. Um 49ers have just injury injury plagued all season. So I didn't expect them to come out and do anything much after Jimmy G and um, Bosa went down basically. So I'll, I'll, I'll just ride it high, go with Seattle. And I will go with Seattle as well. 49ers kind of banged up even more coming out of that game. Brandon Ayuk, I believe will not be playing. So that's going to be a tough look for them, but George Kittle, Look like George Kittle last week, so good sign for them. So I will go with Seattle as well. Then, as I said, the AFC West games do not mean a damn thing for playoffs. The Las Vegas Raiders travel to Denver to take on the Broncos in that high atmosphere. Uh, I don't even know if you want to talk about the game this week all that much. Do you want to talk more about the game last week where the 49ers or the Raiders were 
not in prime position, but if they won, they were looking good going into week 17, kick the field goal, 20 seconds left, and then just all hell breaks loose with Fitz magic. Um, no, I, I think if they want a good, uh, a good ex- explanation, they just go to Trapdoor to Hell's uh, Facebook page and watch uh, Travis Gunderson's uh, little rant about it. So I'll keep that at that. Or well, if you want to hear the more in-depth opinions, you can listen to the latest episode of Trapdoor to Hell. They had some some good discussion about Derek Carr, Travis, very vehemently anti-Derek Carr. Tyler, not exactly in love with him, but thinks he's good enough to kind of get them to where they need to be. Dominic, where do you kind of fall in line in the Derek Carr love affair? I know we've kind of talked about it kind of throughout the year and even you know dating back to the beginning of Curveballs and Treasures. We always kind of rate our you know, feelings on Derek or what do you think he's at right now? And do you think with what's going on, do you go away from him? Do you stick with him? Cause he, he's playing good, but at a certain point when you just cut bait and say, we got to go in a different direction. But, but you, you said it, he's play. It's not like he's throwing pick after pick after pick and he's not, or, you know, he's making, okay. I will say he's not making be- the best choice every once in a while, but I mean, he's not, playing bad so do you punish him by saying you're benched or do you punish him by saying i get the fuck out of here so i i mean i i would have to agree with tyler i'm not in love with him but i definitely don't think he is benched yet or cut yet um now going into the offseason definitely a lot of choices a lot of conversations need to be made um i think they have they have their the running back josh jacobs you have the receiving core. I would say you probably need a little bit better defense. And that's usually, and that's where when they had Mac, you had that good pass rusher. So I think they need to definitely draft or trade for a good. I don't know if it's a, what, what exactly they need, if it's a safety, because I feel like their safeties keep going down. So I, I don't put a lot on car. I'm putting it more on the defense. So I would, I would say I'm like, like Tyler, not in love. Definitely think he's he can do it, but he needs to start proving himself. A little, he needs to play a little bit better if he wants to keep his job. Yeah, I mean that defense is just god awful. I mean, with t- 19 seconds on the clock, you would think you, you wouldn't allow a however long that was like 35 yard bomb with a face mask on top of it to put him in prime field goal position. And I think it was just at a certain point to where you can like argue: should they have gone for it? Should they kick the field goal and blah 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 blah? But it's like at a certain point you have NFL players just make all they do is make one play. And if, even if they didn't have that face mask, that's a completely different situation that they're in. But when it comes to Derek Carr, I kind of fall more in line with you guys, but I I do see it's like, you need to, it's kind of shit or get off the pot at this point. We've had Derek Carr for so long. He's not exactly getting us there, but that defense is just God awful. And then going back to the, those weapons, I mean, Waller the baller, fantastic maybe one of the best tight ends in the league maybe top two tight ends in the league maybe i don't know i mean henry ruggs i was never like in love with him i always thought maybe they should have gone with jared not i mean jared judy cd lamb kind of one of those guys going with henry ruggs the speedster going the al davis route i guess and it hasn't exactly panned out like yeah he made that big play against the jets but overall i feel like he's more of a decoy than anything but i mean even if he is more of a decoy, then that means you you have those other, you know, lesser, you know, receivers in uh, not in gold, um, 
what's his name? Jesus God. Agalo. Ag yep, Aguilar. Um isn't and then we somebody was hurt this season. I can't remember who uh, I think it was hurt. Didn't we get somebody from the Chargers or sign somebody from the Chargers or something like that? I don't I don't remember. I I don't know. I really don't know. Anyways, let's actually get back to the game that's gonna be played. The uh the Raiders taking on the Broncos in Denver. I don't know exactly how to predict this game because it's a no nothing game. It's at home, maybe snowy. What what do you what do you think here? I mean, if it's a no nothing game, do we see the Raiders playing all out, or do we see just the shitty the shitty teams? I'll probably I'll probably go with I'll probably go with the Raiders even if even if they don't start some key players. I think I'll stick with the Raiders to to win the game. I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. The The offense of Denver doesn't exactly scare me, and I know the, the Raiders' defense is just god-awful, but I think they'll make enough plays, and I, I think the Raiders' offense will be able to score enough points, weather, weather permitting. We, we don't exactly know at this point, but I'll go with the Raiders. Then the Sunday night matchup, the Washington football team travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, as I said, the Eagles, the only team in the East to be eliminated from contention, but Washington is win and in after getting benched after just shitting the bed against Carolina last week, Washington cut Dwayne Haskins. He cleared waivers. Nobody wants him. Even his agent doesn't want him. They parted away. So not a good look for Dwayne Haskins, Washington. Seemingly it's looking like Alex Smith is on the right track to play in this game. Dominic, your thoughts on Washington winning in for the division. Definitely believe they're going to be the one they're going to win this game. Um, if even if Alex Smith doesn't play, I think they're still going to win. One thing I want to ask though, do you see Haskins getting signed anywhere? Or do you think he's just one of those players that, you know, Oh, you had your chance. You blew it. You're gone. You're never playing again. You're going to go work at McDonald's the rest of your life. The Dwayne Haskins situation is interesting because he was drafted in the first round. He had first round talent come out of college. And then it just, it's almost like Jamarcus Russell. Like he, he came in kind of, kind of hyped and then nothing really happened getting cut. No one wanted him. I think maybe it's because of the contract and they can maybe get him for cheaper. But I mean, we see like quarterbacks we've never even heard like Taylor Heineke, like Taylor Heineke has been on, been in the league for a few years. I didn't even know he really existed until last week when we talked about it on points and doinks, but I mean, possibly, but it's also like you pair him with the the terrible on-field play with the terrible off-field play. Maybe it's kind of like an Alden Smith situation to where he's out of the league for a little bit and then he gets his life back on track and then maybe he gets a second chance. But also like Alden Smith when he was playing and he was doing all this stupid shit off the field, he was one of the best players in the world. So I don't know if even if he gets his shit together, he's he's worth taking a flyer on when you can take – you know, another guy, a rookie, possibly cheaper or, you know, not as whatever has the reputation that Dwayne Haskins does, but he's young. He has some talent. Maybe the Jaguars will sign him or, or well, I guess they won't because they have Trevor Lawrence at this point, but you know, some other low level team. Yeah. I was just curious because of the fact that, you know, you, you kind of say that kind of like Jamarcus Russell was like, oh, coming in, oh, he's the shit, he's the shit, and then just kind of, wow, this guy is not the shit. He is a piece of shit. But um, 
you know, like I said, I'll go with Washington. I I hope Haskins finds what finds out what's going on and works it all out and everything. But go with Washington. They're going to be in the playoffs. Don't know for how long, but they're going to make playoffs. If Alex Smith is playing, that definitely is going to positively affect Washington. But I'm still going to go with Philly to get the upset win here. They win the game, which means I have the Dallas Cowboys, which I think was still my original pick at the beginning of the season to make the playoffs. That the like a few weeks ago, the Dallas Cowboys needed a shit ton of things to really happen. I think I posted like the graphic on the Instagram a few days ago, and it's all happened to this point. And it's all going to come down to this Sunday night football game. And I think the Eagles get it done, get the upset against the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? All your NFC East trash champions. That's a that, that that's a bold statement. Um, definitely, I mean you're you're sticking with that even if Alex Smith plays. Kind of. I mean Terry McLaurin, he's dealing with an ankle issue. I mean the the defense is the defense is doing really good. Uh, who knows what Jalen hurts? I know he had the the really good first quarter and then the Cowboys kind of ran away with it, but I'm still having faith in uh, Jalen hurts. It is at home. I, I can't, I can't remember if the Eagles have any fans in their uh, stadium or not, but I'm going to go with Philly big stage last game of the season. Can't hold anything back. Can't believe it took me to the last game to, to throw that one in there, but I will go with the Eagles. Now, Dominic, let's move on to the fan mail portion of the podcast, otherwise known as Mr. X's questions of the week. So, uh, sorry if there's a lot of background. Oh, hold on, noise. hold on. Speaking of Dwayne Haskins, Dominic, we have some late breaking news. Are you ready for this? Hit it. From Adam Schefter, former Washington football team quarterback Dwayne Haskins is signing with Goal Line Football, where he will be represented by former Lions and Bucks executive Cedric. Saunders and Brian Levy, whose clients include Mike Tomlin and Eric Bieniemy. Per source, Sanders played tight end at Ohio State, Haskins' former school, so he is not a free agent in the agency anymore. He's got some uh, representation, I guess. Oh Jesus! Good for okay. Dwayne Haskins. I, I when I saw goal line football, I thought that was like actually like a football league. That, that no that's what of, I thought but... when you said it. I was like, oh fuck. This is some thought he was going know, the uh, Johnny Manziel route. Yeah, really. Um, but back, back to what I was saying. If there's some background noise, I apologize. But Mr. X does leave or does did send us an email for the new year, and it goes a little something like this. He goes, Hello. So hello. Hi. Hi. First off, happy new year. All fingers crossed. I think uh when New Year's hit last night. Uh, we were inebriated. I don't know if we uh, did. We did. We wish everybody a happy New Year. I think we did. We also were on a Fortnite live, and we uh, wished the Mountain Time a happy New Year. True. True. Yep. Yep. Memory. Okay. So uh, let's see. On uh, well, I guess it's better late than never, as far as the Bengals go. I guess that's true as well. I mean, get getting you know next season. Next season's gonna be the Bengals year. Watch, calling it. Just watch. Um, Are the Bengals oh, Dominic's new Browns? He switched no. teams. No, 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 no. So you're not picking the Bengals to make the Super Bowl next year? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Unless they get some some key players, you know they uh, 
you know, overall, they're not too bad. They just, they just, there's like those key spots they need to work on. Um, they need a, another receiver. They need um, some, some defensive players as well. But, you know, Bengals, I can see them coming, coming up in the next maybe two years. These playoff, you know, deep playoff run coming. Um, how far are the Potters planning on going in their attempt to stack their pitching rotation? I mean, shit. Padres had money, right? Didn't they have a shit ton of money to spend? They, I don't know exactly how much money they have to spend, but I mean, making moves. They they built up that farm system. They have, you know, they got Fernando Tatis. They were able to make him be what he was, and now they got some some excess prospects able to trade him. I mean, I think Luis Patino is really like the I don't know if I say the star of that trade, but I think if you can get Patino to be like Blake Snell which I don't think he could be. I mean, he could be, we don't know, but I don't think he will be. That's a, uh, it's a bold claim, but we shall see about that. But I think early early predictions, I'm going to go Padres, Dodgers, and LCS. Okay. Okay. I like to see it. Like, like the, uh, the brave prediction. Let's see. That is it for baseball going on to some NBA. Can the Rockets expect good things with the reuniting of John Wall and DeMarcus, a.k.a. Boogie Cousins, Brandon? I I think there's some there's still some life in Boogie, getting Boogie and uh, John Wall together. I, th- I think there's a little something, some, some right there. I haven't been exactly too – I haven't been paying too much attention to the NBA recently, but uh, I feel like every time I go to Twitter, there's always like one blowout, like every week. I'm in the, or every day, the, the heat got blown out by the, the Rockets on whatever it was Tuesday or something. They came back and had a back-to-back and then the heat end up beating the bucks. It's, it's craziness right now in the NBA. I don't exactly know what's going on. If it's the COVID situation, if it's just the beginning of the season and everyone's just crazy, we shall see Dominic, I guess. We will see Brandon. Congrats to Becky Harmon. Hammond? Harmon? Hammond? Hammond? Is that how you say it? Hammond? Sure. Sure. I, mean, you, I don't have the spelling in front of me. You're the one that does. H A M M O N. Hammond? Hammond? Good little Spanish. Hammond? Hammond. Could she at some point become the first ever full time head coach of a team? Uh, I think it's possible. I think this day and age, a lot of things are changing, and I think, you know, do what, what, what do I see a female playing in the NBA? No, but I definitely do see a female being a head coach of a team, definitely. We're seeing a lot more female representation on the coach side in the NBA. I mean, MLB is kind of on the come up. We see a few in the NFL, but I think the NBA definitely is the leader in integrating women on their, their coaching staff and She's been with the Spurs for such a long time that, I mean, she's elevated so much that when Pop got ejected, she just stepped right in. And I, I do feel as though, I don't know if I'd say five years. May, I mean, I think definitely 10 years we'll see a, a female head coach in the NBA. Agree, agree. can agree more. Um, let's see, going down. Oh, okay. That is it for sports. Now to the wrestling portion of Mr. X's questions. Let's see. I came close, but I honestly don't know how I didn't just start bawling at the last couple of times during AEW's tribute for Brody Lee. Really well done by them 
And of course, number one, stole the show. My question though, negative they one. Tri- huh? Negative one. Oh, his, I, his, his kid's name. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. I thought it was. Did, number, Mr. X, they, did Mr. X put it that way? No, 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 no. He, he, he put negative one. I just thought it was a typo and it was, he meant they, of course, number one stole the show, like yeah, whatever. But yeah, negative one stole the show. Good for him. Whatever. Um, my question though, should they turn the dark order face or have them hover in that gray area and not quite be bad, not quite be good just because everyone is going to cheer them for now on. I think with everything that's been going on with BTE, even when Brody was doing his exalted one stuff, he, they definitely were getting over as fan favorites. And I think now that the, the passing and everything that happened in this show, I know this show is kind of like non-canon. It all just kind of happened in its own bubble. I feel as though you're going to have to turn a baby face. They're already kind of going in that direction to begin with. I've talked about evil Uno and Stu Grayson on the indie scene. They were faces for a long, long time. And I think with uh, silver and Reynolds, they can be a good, kind of mid baby face tag team with maybe some, some, some upside. I, I still feel as though as much as I love silver and find him like really entertaining on BT. He is kind of short coming from a, a short fellow like myself. Maybe he's a little too short, but what's, what's his favorite word? Yeah. 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 No. Cause I said too short. And then what's his favorite word? Bitches. Just, just bitch. Dominic that you're from the Bay. I'm not from the Bay. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the Dark Order will be like official faces. I don't know if it's just, I've, it's probably just going to happen. They're not going to be like turn, like they're going to have some big moment where they save Cody or something like that. And they join forces with Sting. But I think after what, after what happened, obviously they're going to be faces, which is probably for the better, I think. Now, maybe this is just because I'm sick and twisted and whatnot, but would it, would you see them turning heel? Like, I'm not going to say, I mean, they are technically heel, but could you see them doing something very disgusting and maybe like turning on negative one or something like that? You know, or maybe kind of like Dominic, after everything they did on this show, there was no way in hell they can turn on Brody Lee. Just saying, I mean, maybe someone steps up and says, you know what? He wasn't getting the job done. I'm gonna step up and get the job done. You know, you don't see any any type of, you know, thing happening like this. On on the show, they like walked that fine line to where the acclaim came out, and you thought maybe they're gonna say something about Brody, and they just get their ass beat. And then Kingston, you thought maybe he was gonna say something, but then he didn't. So I think if they were gonna do, I mean, I don't know how long you can wait before you do something like that. I don't think you should do like. Was it Batista? Was it Batista or Edge or Orton that said Eddie's in hell? I don't think you should be doing anything like that, just because I think that leaves a sour taste in people's mouths. And when you do stuff like that, that doesn't put heat on the person; that puts heat on the promotion. I think with the way AEW has carried themselves, especially with this tribute show, they definitely have connected with the crowd and you know really garnered this like support and kind of community feel. And if you do something like that, that just I don't know if it's going to like set off a you know a revolution or something against them, but it's just not a good sign, and just don't do anything like that. Okay, okay, and and what a big snore when you unmuted. I know, and what one one more thing about this whole AEW Brody Lee thing. Um, it's not really about AEW though; it's about WWE. Do you think they did everything in their in your opinion fine? They didn't do a ten bell. 
They didn't do like a real, you know, I'm not going to say a real good job presenting, you know, the life legacy of Luke Harper because that's who he was in WWE. Are you one of those fans who are kind of like just, you know, disgusted with the way WWE did things? Or do you think they did a good enough job because of him leaving, going to AEW and whatnot? I don't know if I'd say like disgusted or anything, but I would say I'm disappointed. They had the, whatever you call it, the the graphic to say that he passed away. But like, how hard is it to, to have people sit down, talk about him? Everyone can talk for, like, just do what AEW did. You can have everyone talk for a few minutes, splice it together, put some highlights, and just put like a five-minute package. Like, it's three hours. You're telling me you can't find room to put an in-memoriam thing of him. And I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it, but there's just so much like good stuff that people talked about him and like Biggie, like all these tweets and all the stories that he was sharing. It's like, people really love this dude and he was just taken away from us. And I know WWE, like this was as much trying to find, you know, a positive out of a, a terrible, terrible negative. Like the wrestling community really came together and it didn't matter about companies and WWE people were talking with AEW and vice versa and everything like that. Like WWE, I feel like they could have done a little bit more. I'm not saying do what AEW did, get everyone out there, a 10 bow salute. Just I think I was looking more for the video package than anything. I'm changing locations because she's doing pretty bad. Um she's going in REM. Yeah, pretty much. Which means she'll probably text me, come here in a second. But I'm um, surprised no. she even fell asleep because I, you know, she's the the awkward one and doesn't want to be like on camera or anything, but yet she's perfectly fine just snoring away in the back of the podcast. <laughs> but basically I, I was just curious because i know some people were pretty fed up with or upset with wwe about their kind of doings. just want to see your take on it but going i know they the- i know they did post some sort of video i haven't seen it yet about kind of people talking about them but like you couldn't have put something like that on Raw. well okay the the video included i think kofi john morrison um one of the i think uh Ad, what, what was his name adam Oh fuck the the producer guy. I I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm watching the college football playoff, and this running back just legit jumped over a standing defender and ran like 40 yards, and it was amazing. Okay, with that being said, going to the second the, Jesus the, H Christ, the you penultimate know. question. Shout out number 22 in Alabama. Oh my God, world tad. Maybe it's me, but it seems like Organo and Company are the real life version of Leonardo DiCaprio's meme of him from Django Unchanged. Is there any, is there, oh wait, hang on. Sorry. Thomas a little hungover. So is everything they do some tongue in cheek joke? Who are the people you're talking about? Gargano and company. It definitely is tongue in cheek. The Gargano was a Gargano Christmas, whatever they call it. I got a, I got a kick out of it. It was funny. I think with Austin theory kind of being like the dope, it's different. It's not exactly what I thought he would be doing in WWE, but it's entertaining. But the thing is, like, and I'm not saying that, like I hate NXT and it's like terrible by any means, but I feel like it is kind of falling off and it's going in the direction of the main roster where we're, I mean, we're going to talk about NXT and kind of the booking stuff that I didn't agree with, but they're kind of doing like, they're having heels be entertaining for the sake of being entertaining instead of actually putting heat on them. And even going back to Brody Lee, he was a heel. He was good in his role. He was effective. He was a mean dude, but yet you could appreciate him, but you still kind of wanted to see Cody or Moxley, you know, fight from underneath and 
beat that big bad monster and sometimes in nxt i mean nxt is kind of a small guy promotion to begin with so it's kind of hard to have something like that but it's always kind of a fine line between entertaining and getting heat okay and for the final question brandon who are your picks to win the men and woman Royal Rumble match. All right, we got January 1st, and we're picking the Royal Rumble match. Are, should we say that we're tethered to this pick? Like, maybe we have, like, this pick, but then when we do the preview, we can change it, but we still have to announce that we had this pick earlier. I think that's fair, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. All right, so uh, going on the men's, I think this one is kind of harder. So we have Keith Lee taking on Drew McIntyre next week Sheamus is in the fold I don't see Sheamus being a Royal Rumble winner going to main event WrestleMania anything like that a lot of people were picking Big E but now with him winning the IC title that one kind of seemingly is thrown out the window as well eh, I know you love when I say this Dominic am I Charlie Brown with the football thinking that Dan and Brian will win the title and go after Roman Reigns i because that's kind of like, if it's not Maybe. The Rock, that's kind of like the other one big baby face that Roman hasn't defended against. Uh, I, I can see it happening, but I mean, to bring The Rock in to win the war, I mean, it it, it kind of just, to me, is a little insulting to have him come in, win the Royal Rumble, and then you're not going to see him until WrestleMania. And then what, is Roman going over on The Rock? He's, I mean, I it's, want- it's The Rock. He doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. I think with like someone like Batista or someone who like quote unquote needs to prove themselves or like, you know, get back in ring shape or something like that. Like I, as much as I didn't like it, I kind of understand where they're coming from. It's the rock. If the rock just shows up and says he wants to face somebody, he's, he gets that. He doesn't need to win a Royal rumble. So then, okay. So my, my thing is I'm, I, and I'm looking towards that. I'm looking, I, I see that in the, in the future rock and Roman. So my thing is, I don't think it'll be a SmackDown wrestler that would win the Royal Rumble match. So I'm going to lock in right now until we get to the predictions, the legitimate uh, uh, predictions. I'm locking in AJ Styles. Okay, then moving on. So I got Dana Bryan, you got AJ Styles. Going over to the women's side. I mean, the women's division, like I wish they just could combine them just to have one division on one show. Charlotte is out there. I, I feel as though it's either Charlotte Maybe Bianca Belair, but she, I mean, she comes in and then they have her lose to Bailey right away. Like what, what the hell are you guys doing? So I I'm feeling like Belair, uh, Charlotte, maybe an, an NXT call up like an EO or something, but EO still has a title. She's not maybe Rhea Ripley, I guess. I think the women's one is definitely a lot harder, even though I think the men's one is hard as well. I mean, I, I definitely could see, like, I mean, I wasn't thinking about it, but, I mean, you could have Charlotte, you know, you could have Rhea win the Royal Rumble. Charlotte could take a title, and then Rhea can make her choice and say, I want Charlotte, and they could be payback for what happened last year. Um, but there's one person you didn't mention, and I think it could happen, unless I'm going to make this pick and you're going to just call me a dumbass, but where's Ronda Rousey, Brandon? I'm pretty sure she left, what, a year and a half ago to make some babies, and there's no babies making. So where where's Ronda? I, is she a sleeper pick? 
I mean, I'm not laughing at you for that one. I think that's definitely is something that is a possibility. I mean, with The Rock possibly coming back, I don't know if The Rock would want to come back to a whatever it would be like 12, 20,000 stadium, seat stadium to, you know, that visual. I don't know if he'd want to come back more to like Hollywood, WrestleMania in two years, if that's still going to be a thing. I don't know. But I think Ronda coming back with Becky out for maybe the entire year or at least the half of the year, possibly. I think with Ronda coming back, that is a good place. I mean, Ronda and Sasha, did, did we get Ronda and Sasha during her? I think we did. I think we did because I think Ronda ran through everyone except I know. I think she ran through everybody. So yeah, I think we got that. Yeah. I think that was a, that was a Royal Rumble match. I believe. And I thought it was a really good match as well. So maybe I, I maybe, I mean, Oscar, I mean, Oscar and Ronda Rousey, that can be a lot of fun as well, but I, I Charlotte and Oscar are a thing right now. And I know Charlotte's either Charlotte's probably turning on Oscar because she's the big show of the women's division. She turns every five minutes. So we shall see Dominic going with Ronda think thinking I'm going to shit on him. Not going to shit on him. I think that's a decent pick. I will go with Charlotte pulling a stone cold winning back to back Royal Rumbles because they, I know you love her. I'm not the biggest fan of her, but WWE wants to build her up and make her like the greatest women's wrestler of all time. I mean, she's not my favorite favorite, but you know, good enough. I guess that will do it for Mr. X's questions of the week. If you want to be like Mr. X and have some, uh, you know, you have some burning questions could be about anything, you know, usually it's about sports and wrestling, but you know, anything you guys want to talk about, just, just shoot us an email at curveballncs at gmail.com. And if you want to slide into the DMs, curveballs with an S, curveballs and CS on Instagram and Twitter. I sent out the message, did not get any responses. I know I technically I didn't say this was an early recording, so maybe we'll get a late addition from my number one fan, Haley. But she didn't see it, so there, there's still a chance that Haley can can ask us a question by the end of this podcast. We we shall see. One last check. If uh, anyone sent in a question, I, I probably that would be a no go. I mean that 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 would be pretty cool though if someone was like last minute gonna send you something. Huh? That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Would Big Five Thirteen you know, have a question? No, I don't know. Uh, he might. I'm just goddamn. What the fuck is it? What the fuck? Hang on. He might. You never know. Oh my god. He might. You never know. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, Brandon, you should check. Uh, check the DMs. Maybe someone knows in a question. Let's go to the questions. Would it be in the DMs or would it be responding to the question? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't do anything because I don't have a question. Hmm. Damn, getting my hopes up for nothing. What an asshole. Eh. Okay, now let's get into the recaps. AEW Dynamite, the Brody Lee tribute show. This one's going to be kind of hard to review and react to and talk about angles and matches because it's obviously a different show. I said it kind of non-canon. Everything kind of happened. Too many tag teams. Anyway, I mean, we all know Dominic loves his tag team matches, and we got nothing but tag team matches here. They start the show with the ten bell salute. Uh, all the wrestlers out on the stage, and I'll be honest, Dominic. You know, I'm not a crier. I'm not very emotional, but th- this one, this one got me a little bit. I didn't like full on ball, but uh, 
the, the tear ducts were, were welling a little bit. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would, I would probably say I was in the same realm as you wasn't, wasn't crying, but like, I can feel like, you know, it was, it was one of those moments we got to let out a big, a big breath. You had to go like, man, that, uh, that, that hit me in the feels. So definitely, I, I think they did a wonderful job. Yeah. I mean, overall, this was just a beautiful show. They had uh, the 10 bell salute dark order matches throughout. And I mean, it really got me when they, they did the 10 bell salute. We got John Moxley doing his little, he did his promo, his little testimonial. And then we get the dark order come out and we get Colt and they, they did their whole pose. And so when it was the first time they did it, that really got me. And then not saying it lost its luster by any means, but they just kind of kept repeating and doing the dark order entrance over and over and over again. We haven't really seen, a show like this in a while when I mean, we had the, the Eddie, the Benoit Pillman, Owen Hart, stuff like that. But it's been like, for me personally, it's been a, a long time. And I guess the first time, like as an adult viewer watching the show, a show like this. And I thought it was like really well done. And as I said, with the community really coming together, we had a lot of WWE people commenting and just saying beautiful show. Great. Everything like that. Uh, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about Brody Lee, the person, just everything that just came out and, He's one of those guys that it was just a shame that he was taken so soon. And it, it didn't really dawn on me until they did the uh, video package at the end with a tribute that his entire AW run was just done in front of no one, which really sucked. He was supposed to come back at a regular show in upstate New York that got canceled because of COVID. And then he came back, did everything at Daly's place. Not really anyone there because of COVID and he ends up passing away and he never really got the, acclaim or the crowd reaction i think he really deserved it just it's it's fucking terrible i don't i mean i agree it's terrible i mean winning the tnt title and you have basically no one there to really cheer or boo you on it, it is terrible and it is is hard to see and to have to you know i can't imagine what the family the wife the kids the niece nephew grandma grandpa whatever i can't imagine what they're going through but i mean the way AEW presented him, not as the wrestler, but as the human being, was just beautiful. So, I mean, something that a lot of other companies forget is sometimes you're not, you got to look beyond the character. You got to look at, at the human that's playing that character. And I mean, John was from everything that came out just fucking amazing. I mean, he would talk to you, he would, he would go out of his way to hang out with you, to talk, to play, to, whatever it may be. So, I mean, AEW did a fucking amazing job. Yeah. With all the, I mean, if you're on the internet, if you're in wrestling Twitter, you've seen all the stories and I mean, John Brody Lee, uh, Luke Harper, he was always like an underrated talent. I never saw any of his indie work, but with the Wyatt family, Bludgeon brothers, even on his own, he was always like that guy that you, you saw something in him and he was, he could have been more Obviously, WWE dropped the ball on him. And it was also kind of a question, like, how did they drop the ball? Because he's a big dude. He has a, you know, a, a unique look, something that you would think Vince would be all over. And he can wrestle and he can talk. He, it's, he has like the perfect combination for WWE that you think he would be able to do something with him. But just for some reason, it just didn't click. And it obviously wasn't a character thing because from all intents and purposes, he was a fantastic brother. He was there for everyone. And because he was kind of closed off with social media and everything, we didn't see that side of him. Like, yeah, maybe we saw him on Up, Up, Down, Down and some things like that. But like just all the outpouring of support and all the stories we heard about John Huber, the person was just like amazing. It made this thing even sadder. 
you know, going going to what you said about how how could WWE drop the ball? I mean, it's one of those things where you know he comes in with light blue jeans and a fucking disgusting tank top. Honestly, and this is, I mean, hopefully this isn't. People don't hear this and they think I'm a disgusting person, but I identify close. I I identify more with that than any wrestler on their whole roster from Raw, SmackDown, NXT. And that's just, and that, that's not because I'm a dirty person, but you know, I wear jeans and tank tops to work. Uh, that that's who that that that's what I wear. That's you know, my hair is always a mess. My beard is a mess. That's who I identify with. So I think they they went they didn't want to go with that look. I think they wanted more of we want a, a slim, in shape, good looking guy, not you know, not this look scum looking person. Yeah, and he, I mean his name's Brody. He kind of patterned himself after Bruiser Brody and just like him, taken from us way too soon. I mean, anything else? on you know the passing him the person anything like that he he set a record within a few hours of the most t- he broke shattered sting's record of most t-shirts sold on pro wrestling tees in 24 hours and he did it in a few hours i was one of them if you guys want to go get the shirt pro wrestling tees shop aw.com all the proceeds going to the huber family also if you want some cm punk merch on pro wrestling tees all of his proceeds for the past or for the next month will be going to the huber family and yeah i mean it just kind of showed how much he meant to everyone and just how the, as much as people shit on the wrestling community and everything like that, when something like this happens, everyone comes together for a good cause. Well, let, let, let's hope that, uh, you know, everything works out for the next 70 years because I don't want to do this ever again. Yeah. This was definitely a, a tough show to watch. I mean, I, I think the only match I really want to touch on would be the hangman page silver and Reynolds match taken on MJF and Santana and Ortiz. Uh, negative one gets involved hitting MJF with the, the kendo stick. And I mean, shout out MJF uh, on Twitter. I, I don't know if it was, you know, after the show or the next day, but he was like, fuck that kid. I thought that was just absolutely fantastic. And then uh, Wardlow gets involved in Eric Rowan or Eric Redbeard as Excalibur noted many, many times when Chris Jericho kept saying Rowan, because we don't want to get in trouble with WWE. He comes out and uh, he holds up the sign and silver gets the win. And after he get after he pins, whoever it was, he just starts bawling. And like, th- I think besides the opening montage, like this was really the moment where it was like, Oh God, this, this is too much. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it was definitely, honestly, I got, I got sidetracked because somebody had me fucking come to the room and give her water I lost track of what you were saying, so I I apologize, Brandon. It won't happen again. So you're, you're just gonna have to move on. We were talking about Paige, Silver, and Reynolds beating MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. Eric Rowan comes back. Uh, Silver gets the win, and after he went, after he gets the pin, he just starts bawling. Eric Rowan comes out. He has the sign and just all the emotions. I think besides the opening segment, this was maybe like the peak of it, just because of the raw emotion you can see for everyone. Oh, see, that didn't hit me. The beginning was the only real part. The beginning, and then when Negative One came out, and and that that's when that that's when it got me was those two moments. But the this uh, Redbeard coming out, the the pinfall victory, none of that got me. Just like those other two moments, so it didn't hit me that hard. Dominic, not a big BTE fan, doesn't watch Johnny Hungry. I am pretty hungry though. Dominic Hungry. 
Say it. Dominic Hungry. Hungy. Dummy Hungy. Dummy Hungy. Yes. Uh, so Dominic said it at the end. I mean, Casty, Cody, 10, I guess is negative one's favorite tandem. And they defeat Team Taz. Darby and Sting come out kind of further establishing Darby and Sting kind of being a thing. Kind of more the same, but the very end, the Brody Lee tribute, Cody, Tony Khan, they, they kind of talk. I think Cody takes the brunt of the promotion on his back in these kind of moments really well. Tony Khan, I think like the first real time on AEW, we've seen him like in a full-fledged talking role. Uh, negative one comes out, they lay the boots, puts down the the bandana. And then I, I don't exactly know if they like retired, quote unquote, like that design of the TNT title, but they said, you know, champion for life and anything like that. Then they throw it to the the segment, the the video package at the end where we saw AEW and WWE people, indie stuff, everything like that. And Dominic, you're saying this is kind of where it got you. Yeah, it got me here because maybe it's just how I am as a person, but it's when I hear testimonials and I I, I tend to feel their emotions. And this is, you know, and plus having your son, having the son come out and just do, man, that, that, that fucking hit me. Having his son come out there. And his son was a fucking champ, too. You, even behind that mask, he was a fucking champ. He'd been laying those boots down, kind of just holding that title belt, man. Oh, God, don't get me started. Yeah, I thought it was just absolutely beautiful. And, I mean, you can tell that the family, like, as a whole, just loves the wrestling business. And I think the kid loves it as well. I know we were talking a little bit with Tyler. I don't know if you were with us at the, at the moment. But Tyler felt as though maybe little overexposure for the kid maybe taking advantage of do you have any qualms any did you feel as that maybe they were putting too much you know spotlight on the kid i don't think so as i unmute my microphone (laughs) so you need to shut your mouth both of you um yeah basically i don't think they took advantage of the kid I, i think they're in their mind they were doing the right thing and trying to help the family grieve by doing these such good things. But I, I would say if it's an ongoing thing, then yeah, maybe it's a little much, but at the moment, no, we're fine. I, I think it was, if it was WWE, I'd have a little, maybe not like an issue with it, but I'd question it a little bit more. I think just because AEW has the, the good branding, the, the good juju with the fans, I think they, you know, had respect for the family and if they had any kind of hesitation that they wouldn't do anything like this. So I think that's kind of, kind of where I stand beautiful show by far best show of the year but on the other hand I never want to watch a show like this ever again well i mean i don't want to i'm not trying to compare i'm not trying to do anything crazy but i mean can you imagine what's going to happen when like the likes of like john cena passes away or sean michaels the undertaker like can you just imagine the ramifications it will have on the wrestling world i mean it will be it'll be a big deal i mean i think the only kind of Thing that'd be similar would be Vince dying or God forbid, like a champion like Roman or Drew just like that passes away. Because I think the real thing was just the suddenness of it. Like you can do something for Danny Hodge, but he was 88. You kind of expect and are kind of waiting for someone at that age to eventually they're going to pass away. When someone who was just holding your championship a few months ago, just all of a sudden develops this life-threatening condition and passes away, that's a little bit different scenario. 
if if and when Vince dies, if are there? I mean, that's not a given. He might I mean, be Futurama, head in the bucket. All right, I'm just saying, when he does die, any if any wrestler that had any okay, the only reason I'm bringing this up is like somebody like Ryback, who's just fucking just beating the hell out of WWE on, on Instagram, calling them pieces of shit and fuck you, fuck them. They're blocking me, all this other stuff. Do you see somebody like that when Vince dies? Do you see them being like, I'm happy he's dead? Or do you think that's just a low blow and that person will, you know, may, maybe it's just heat of the moment or something like that. Like, would you see anyone when Vince dies being like, I'm happy he's dead or, you know, fuck him, I don't give a shit, stuff like that? I wouldn't put anything past anyone to, to say something super negative. But usually when someone passes away, you swallow your pride, you kind of you know, step it back a little bit and don't go too full-fledged, you know, dickhead on them. Just wait till you die. I got a great eulogy. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's move on to NXT. Uh, they had their 2020 end of year awards. Don't really need to go too much into it, but Dominic, your girl Shotzi did win breakout wrestler of the year. Just saying, be prepared to see her in the Royal rumble, driving down her little tank and running over some bitches. Then in the opening contest, we had Bronson Reed defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott. And I think this is where I have the most issue with the NXT booking. Bronson Reed comes back last week as a squash match. Cool. Swerve Scott loses to Jake Atlas. Then he beats Jake Atlas. And I think he beats him again, but 50-50 booking back and forth. So Swerve, as much as he got 50-50 booking these past few weeks, he was, I guess, on the way up. And then he just gets fed to Bronson Reed in a, unadvertised opening match like what the hell is that you that's that that's that's triple h going you know what vince would do vince would do this and i think that's great for business and i'm gonna go with that whereas realistically i think bronson reed should have been fed jobbers for the next couple weeks just build him up as this big monster and then maybe start throwing him some more regular up-and-coming you know wrestlers just and whatnot you know but get Scott thrown at him and just demolished it. It's it's not good for either one of them. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I don't I don't know exactly how much it would hurt Reed, because I think they're building him up, but I agree with you. Like you have him have a few squash matches, and then he like gets a kind of higher level jobber that you know he's gonna beat, and then he'll move on up to Swerve Scott or something like that. And the thing is, like they're developing some sort of character with Scott. You would think this isn't the end for him. He's going to still be having matches with Jake Atlas or some other mid card cruiserweights. And that, that is kind of like a ripple effect. You try to put Reed over by having this quote unquote big win. But then when you try to do something with Scott, people in the back of their minds are like, okay, this guy isn't that great. I mean, he's losing to Bronson Reed in like five, six minutes. So I mean, it is what it is. I but- mean, there's, there's a size difference too, that you can always try to justify, but you know, I understand what you're coming from. Then we had Dominic's favorite match, a tag team match. Playa, the Grizzled Young Vets defeat Brizongo. They also announced that the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic will return. Uh, Grizzled Young Vets get the win. They come back trying to build them up strong. The NXT Tag Team Division is not what it used to be, but GYV, they're a, a good solid tag team. Uh, I, I really every fucking time. Um, what happened, Dominic? <laughs> yes, I farted, Brandon. It was totally me. I let the gas out. Who, 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 who? Um, 
I, I like Grizzled Young Vets. I think definitely I, I don't see them being anything more than just a good tag team in NXT. I don't see them going to the main roster doing damage. I don't see them really culminating any big event. So I, for the time being, they're going to be in NXT. They're going to be there for a while. And then I definitely see these guys going on the bigger and better things outside of WWE. Mercedes Martinez had a squash match last week. She came back and attacked Io Shirai. Uh, seemingly Io and Tony Storm were in a title feud. And now Mercedes Martinez has kind of thrown herself into the, the ring, into the contention, I guess. Uh, no NXT women's title match next week for New Year's Evil, but possibly a triple threat match. Dominic, you think that's where they're going with it? Or is this just kind of establishing Martinez and then she's going to work her way back and we're going to see Storm and Io in a one-on-one match. She's going to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. Dominic, I just did the Teddy Long bit in the last match. I'm sorry. Um, you're fired. Oh, oh, you beat me. I'm not hearing Dutch. Great content. Pete Dunn Great. takes on Roderick Strong, and Pete Dune gets the win here. Continuing to build up Pete Dunn after he loses to uh, Kyle O'Reilly, but I think Dunn still has, you know, some good upside. Strong is kind of the designated fall guy for the Undisputed Era. Going back to the Pat McAfee stuff, apparently Dominic, if I would listen to the internet, that Pat McAfee is either fired from WWE or not going to be on television for a very, very, very long time. He's not going to be on television for a very, very long time. Let's be honest. They need Pat. Pat is entertaining as fuck. Definitely valuable to the brand for the brand. I see what you're there. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think Pat was doing fantastic stuff, and I don't know if there's any heat backstage. I know Pat can be a, a strong personality. If anything, if he like revved anyone the wrong way, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. But I, f- I feel like he's a damn good talent. And yeah, maybe he has like a, a weird schedule and it's kind of hard to keep him up and he's kind of uh, expensive, but he's doing good enough work. And I really enjoyed the dynamic between him, Dunn, and Lorcan and Birch. And then just to build him up. I mean, maybe it was just for the war game stuff and then he's gone until the next big match they want to have with him. And that's fine. But if you're just going to bring him in and make him like this focal point, I felt like it, especially like in the war games match, like they didn't write him off. Like they didn't kill him. He got his shit in and he didn't even take the pinfall. So that just kind of is another thing of what's going on here. But definitely, you definitely got to remember that it is Pat McAfee. He is wacky, crazy, don't give a shit. You know, that that's just who he is. If he ruffled feathers and someone says, yeah, you need to cool down or you need to watch what you do, whatever, he's going to probably say, you know, I don't give a fuck. I mean, not, not to say that he's a cocky, arrogant son of a bitch, but let's be honest. He doesn't need, he doesn't need NXT. So if it is an actual legitimate storyline and he's pissed off some people and he gone, don't matter. But I definitely think it's just going to be some time off till the next, you know, next thing happens, the next uh, event. Uh Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly won the match of the year for NXT TakeOver 31. 
Finn says, you know, I don't really want that thing, but I'll give Kyle his. And they go a promo back and forth, uh, really setting up the main event for next week. I thoroughly enjoyed it. They also had kind of, I forget if it was this one or the last week's episode where they kind of rewatched the match and kind of talked about everything that happened in it. Uh, excited. I know it might be kind of a lower level feud for Balor. We also had Karrion Cross and Scarlet come out, kind of establishing them. We got a back and forth brawl with him and Priest. So kind of doing two things at once here. He stretched out. Oh Why is it every time I mute the fucking microphone? You fucking say something. I am sorry. Jeez. Anyways, hi Brandon. How are you? Um, we uh we had a little conversation, and uh, I don't know where I'm going with this statement. I'm just gonna go back to the, some wrestling. Um, something about Finn Balor. Something about Finn Balor. Yes. Yeah. How he came out, didn't want the award, gave it to Kyle. Just gonna mute my mic and fade away. Classify yourself as obsolete. We get Lucha House Party returning to NXT. Fan fucking tastic. And they defeat Legado del Fantasma and they set up Gran Metalik taking on Santos Escobar, which could be the sleeper match of all sleeper matches uh, on New Year's Evil next week, if given the time. Probably won't, but if this was, you know, like a main event somewhere down in Mexico or in NXT, this could be just absolutely fan-fucking-tastic, but Grand Metalik may be the most underrated person in WWE. So, Grand Metalik, I, I think, has been kind of screwed over, in my opinion. He definitely... I mean, I I don't know if this is NXT... Is, I know Cruiserweight is strictly NXT, but is it Triple H who has creative control over that, or has it been still? You, you think know? Vince really gives a shit about the cruiserweight division? I mean, it de- if done correctly, they can definitely make a lot of money. I'm pretty sure Triple H was like, hey, could I use Lucha House Party for NXT? And Vince was like, we still have them on the roster? True. But I definitely think they, they definitely need to part ways, and not in the sense of, you know, oh, they need to get fired. They suck. I'm saying they need to leave and go. Dude, they they, they can be making bucks, big bucks somewhere else because they are talented sons of bitches. Um, Grandma Malik, probably my favorite out of Lucha House Party now just because I feel like everybody else is just kind of, you know, floating around. But at least he's doing things, at least. Um, Santos Escobar, whatever the fuck his name is, fucking OG, triple OG, kicking ass, taking names. Wouldn't be surprised, though, if that title is taken off of him pretty soon by, you know, somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck Cruiserweight Division. Hey, there you go. Uh, Grand Metalik, I think, is one person that could go to AEW and, like, just reinvent himself. And no one even realized it was Grand Metalik because they didn't even know Grand Metalik was really a thing in WWE. But anyways, let's move on to the main event. Johnny Gargano defeats Leon Ruff to retain the North American title kind of putting a bow on this feud, this storyline, so Gargano can move on to some different things. Match was good. Don't know what this means for Leon Ruff in the future, if he's just kind of fade away and not really do much, or if he's going to still be a weekly or, you know, bi-monthly occurrence on NXT, something like that. But I, I wasn't the biggest fan of him, Ruff, that is pinning or beating, I think he pinned him, beating uh, Timothy Thatcher last week. But... You know, it is what it is, I guess. Gargano gets the win, and as Mr. X said, you know, they're they're doing some things. 
kind of entertaining, also, you know, kind of babyfacious as well. Your your thoughts, Gargano, still North American champion. I, I'm happy for it. I I kind of agree with you with Ruff. It's kind of just, you know, he came in, pinned, you know, pinned Thatcher last week. He won that North American title. It was just one of those things where it's kind of just like really, you, who is this guy? Where has he been? And granted, he you know probably deserving. But I don't I don't like the fact he's only held it for a couple of weeks and then lost to the Gargano and now we have Gargano and you know it, it's just just odd. Um you know, that was an okay match, not the best, not not the best NXT event we've had main event in a while though. So whatever. We got New Year's Evil next week. I thought they did a really good job hyping up the Rhea Ripley. And Raquel Gonzalez feud. I thought that was just a really good video package. Next week uh, is shaping up to be a really big week for wrestling with the first night of the New Year's bash thing for AEW. That was supposed to be this week, but obviously with the Brody Lee situation that got pushed back. So we're getting two big, big shows back to back. Dominic, it's going to be really exciting. Can't wait for next week. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of and good what, what, what about the, the New Japan? Are we? Am I coming over or not? I mean, we got Wrestle Kingdom going on next week as well. If I were, I mean, maybe, maybe Dominic, if you want to come over, possibly, probably. I mean, you couldn't even do, you couldn't even get to like two o'clock on New Year's. You think you're going to be, I can barely even sometimes stay up to watch New Japan till four or five o'clock in the morning. But I mean, you bring me over. Okay. Not just me. You bring the two of us over, studio audience and myself. And, you know, we, uh, if I don't drink any alcohol, I'm drinking maybe, a few sodas, got some food to keep me, you know, lubricated, you know, loose. I think I could probably do it. And then worst case scenario, I just dip out and go to bed. At like 12 o'clock before the show starts. <laughs> no, I'll probably come over around midnight. Mm. Uh, finally, I don't know if we need to talk about it too much, but Rob Keith Lee is facing off against Drew McIntyre. Sheamus in the background. Uh, what do you expect? Do you think Sheamus gets involved? Do you think Drew just kind of beats Keith Lee straight up? No, I think uh, Keith Lee wins. Okay, you heard it here first. Keith Lee is going to beat Drew McIntyre and be the new WWE champion. And then finally, they ended Raw with they're they're continuing on with this Randy Orton being an arsonist, arson, arsonic, arsonist. There we go. Uh, Alexa Bliss wants her wants him to set herself on fire, and they cut the lights and then put the camera right up in Randy Orton's face and. They fade to black before we can see someone get burned alive again. Yeah, I mean, it's not 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 to say that Randy's not entertaining, but I know this is out of his control, but this is kind of stupid. So It is kind of stupid, and you wonder why we don't talk too much about Raw and WWE these days. But shout out SmackDown. SmackDown doing some good things. Had a really good rating uh, last week. Probably not going to have the biggest rating this week because they got the college football playoffs they got to go up against, but... Shout out SmackDown. I know they're kind of in an awkward spot for us to cover because we do everything on Friday, but uh, they're doing good things over there. Uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. We've already plugged the socials, but once again, Dominic, if they want to email us, where do they email us at to send in a question? You want to email us at curveballandcs at gmail.com. The Twitter, Curveballs and CS, Curveballs Chair Shots. Just look us up. You can look us up. You, you, know, you can look up. Uh, what, what's your uh, your Twitter handle? Is it at Brandon underscore Tanguma? That would be 
at Brandon Tanguma underscore on both the Twitter and the Instagram. Also, we got an Instagram over there, Curveballs and CS. And possibly, I was thinking Chips Ahoy hasn't been posting anything on TikTok that maybe Curveballs and Chair Shots gets a TikTok, Dominic. Hey, if you, oh, the mascot's saying, yes, do it, do it, do it. So let's do it. There you go. Curveballs and Chair Shots will get a TikTok. We will plug that for you next week just to make sure. It might be Curveballs and CS, but we'll plug it next week just to be sure. Uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. It's been a long episode, damn near almost going two hours. Once again, maybe doing some streams on the U of Tube, youtube.com slash curveballs, chair shots, or just type in curveballs and chair shots on the YouTube. We got a link tree on the Instagram bio and Twitter bio. So we got all the socials and everything if you want to just a one-stop shop right there. Uh, Dominic, will you get a crown before 2022? Yes, sir. Guaranteed, 100%. Guaranteed, Dominic will get a crown, and we will post the video, the video clip, somewhere on the socials. When, not I think, not I feel, I know when Dominic gets a crown. Thank you all very much. Goodbye and good night. Uh, R.I.P. Brody Lee.